If you'd please turn your Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 4, we'll read verses 1 through 14 of Deuteronomy chapter 4. Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe, that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor, for the Lord your God has destroyed from among you all the men who followed Baal of Peor. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. Surely I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should act according to them in the land which you go to possess. Therefore, be careful to observe them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us, for whatever reason we may call upon him? And what great nation is there that has such statutes and righteous judgments as are in all this law, which I set before you this day. Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget these things your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. And teach them to your children and your grandchildren, especially concerning the day you stood before the Lord your God in Horeb, when the Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, and I will let them hear my words, and they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. Then you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire to the midst of heaven, with darkness, cloud, and thick darkness. And the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of the words, but saw no form. You only heard a voice. So he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform the Ten Commandments, and he wrote them on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments, that you might observe them in the land which you cross over to possess. Thank you, Grayson, for that reading. Appreciate you being here with us tonight. If you consider yourself a visitor, if so, you may not be familiar with some of these people up here on the, on the PowerPoints. So let me introduce you to this fine-looking family. This, uh, this over here on the left is K-Paul. That'd be me. This is Lainey. That's my granddaughter. And this is my wife, Cheryl, or Lala. And I'll be referring to her as Cheryl and Lala, and me as Carrie and K-Paul, uh, Lainey to Lainey. And uh, I'll also be talking about my daughter, which is Jensie, which is her mother, and her father, which is Brenton. So that's some, some names that we're going to be uh, mentioning tonight. I know most of you know them, and uh, hopefully if you don't, we won't confuse you by saying some of those names. So uh, hopefully by uh, with the lesson this evening, you, you'll be blessed and benefited, and it's certainly been good for me as I've studied these things. I want to talk to you tonight about grandparenting, and it's uh, one of the only things that I found good about getting old, <laughs> if not the only good thing about getting old. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 17, verse number 6, it says, Grandchildren is a crown of old men, 
Uh, that's the prize. It's a blessing. It's, it's the glory of old men, and certainly that is true. Um, you know, I never have really heard a sermon specifically regarding grandparenting, and there's probably good reason for that because there's not a whole lot in the Scripture about that. And you're going to say, well, you sure found a whole bunch to say. Uh, well, there not being much there, but uh, hopefully some of the things we say tonight will certainly benefit you in certain ways. I'm at that point in my life where I'm a grandparent. Many of you, just to scare the snot out of you, are going to be there in the next five to ten years. Uh, so you need to be prepared for that. At some point in your life, you're probably going to be a grandparent. And it's something that would be beneficial to think about uh, before you get there. <laughs> I want to know God's will for me as a K-Paul. I want him to, um, you know, what does he expect of me being a grandfather? And I want a grandparent. I want to excel in that role. And what does the Bible have to say to that, about that? You know, I, I personally never had a very close relationship with my grandparents on either my mom or my dad's side. Yeah, we stayed with them on occasion. I knew they loved me. And I have many fond memories of the time that I spent with them at their house, but we weren't real close. I can't think of one lesson that any of my grandparents ever taught me. I'm sure there are some <laughs> that I've just forgotten, but we didn't have that close enough relationship where I remember those things uh, in my life. And certainly, I don't want it to be that way for me and Lainey. I want to be one that um, is not just somebody she's with on occasion or some weekend that she stays with me, but someone who um, she remembers, not just around holidays, but someone that's very important to her and a very important part of her life. I know many of you have had very close relationships with your grandparents. My wife, for example, speaks of eating with her grandparents nearly every Sunday after church, and her family was very involved in church, and often they kept the preachers that came to hold gospel meetings in, in plain view, and uh, she spent time at her grandparents' house, and that was a very special time. Thank God for that blessing if you have a good and close relationship with your grandparents, because not everybody does. So what is the role of a grandparent? I asked some of you this uh, to get some advice. Uh, some of you that have been grandparents for a while, we'll talk about some of those things. The worldly or cultural view in our world around us is simply that you would love the kids, you would spoil them rotten, you would fill them full of sugar, and then feed them or send them home for mom and dad to deal with. And that's really our worldly and the cultural view. But is that it? Is that all that expected of me as a K-Paw? Is that all that, all that there is? There's got to be more than that, doesn't there? Uh, so that's what we want to study. I don't want to be someone that J Laney just spends a little bit of time with and, and doesn't really make an impact and mark and legacy in her life. And how I live my life will affect each and every one of my grandkids, how I act. You know, sometimes when we get older, we don't feel good, and, you know, things come upon us that, that makes us cynical, that makes us bitter, that makes us a cranky old man. <laughs> and if that's what I am, that's what Laney's going to remember me as. And certainly none of us want to remember, uh, be remembered like that. I don't want to be remembered as, as godly and gracious and loving. And I believe that the Bible teaches that grandparents can and should play a very substantial and significant role in the life of their grandchildren. One of the things I think we need to establish right when we first start, uh, before we jump right into the lesson, is this is a different role. It's a different role than being a parent, okay? So parents are commanded, as we know, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 4, to bring up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. 
They are the primary ones that are to teach and to train their children, to provide for them spiritually and physically. Uh, the father, being the spiritual head of the family, is responsible to make sure that that happens, and that's important for him. Grandparents, you are not the parent. <laughs> You're not the parent. You're not running the show. There are boundaries. There are limits. And that's not something that we're used to. You know, I've been the parent for the last 20-plus years. I've been used to making the rules and setting the boundaries and things are going to be my way. This is how we're going to do it. But I'm no longer in that position and no longer in that role. We're accustomed to being those ones that are making those decisions and controlling things. But now we're in a very different and a unique role as grandparents. Now I'm a supporter of my kids, uh, supporting them as they're raising their kids. I've never been in that role before, so it's a little bit different for all of us. And it takes submission, and it takes practice, <laughs> be frankly. Let's all be patient with each other during this transitional role in our, in our new role as grandparents. I think that many times in our quest for independence, as we think about Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 20, 24 and how the kids leave their father and mother and they're supposed to have their own relationship and their own kids and they're not supposed to depend upon mom and dad for every little thing. And yes, but I think in our quest for independence many times, we leave mom and dad behind and we think, well, you know, we'll figure this raising kid deal out on our own. And there's some good advice that can be had that can be helpful that we might not seek and and seek out and, and listen to because of our quest for being on our own and, and independent. So it's there and it's beneficial. In Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, we've talked about that in services a lot lately, and I think it's truly a waste to not utilize older people in our lives. The wisdom, the knowledge, the godliness of older people that and how this can all play together in our church as a community. Somewhere along the lines, before I was born, because I don't ever remember it in my lifetime, there's been a disconnect in this. The older women teaching the younger women, and the older men teaching the younger men. And I know that, that we're getting better at that, but there's still some kind of disconnect, and we're not where we need to be. You've heard this, this, um, this thought of it takes a village to raise a child. And that's kind of what this teaches. The older women teaching the younger, the older men teaching the younger men. And teaching them things, how to be holy, how to be discreet, how to love their husbands, how to love their children. All these very important things that we can learn from one another. And a lot of times we don't utilize that, as the book of Titus tells us. In our role as grandparents, communication, like in any relationship, is very key. It's very important. And being proactive with our kids, our the parents of your grandkids, is essential. Cheryl and I have, are very blessed by having a close relationship with Brenton and Jensie, and it's easy for us to, to relate with them. And I sympathize with people that don't have that because I know everyone doesn't have that close relationship with their kids. Our job is to honor, support, be respectful to the parents of our grandkids. They've got their own rules. They've got their own standards that they have set up for their kiddos, their own wishes, and it's important for me as a grandparent not to overstep those bounds, and that's easy to do sometimes because I might sit back and say, oh, I know Mama says it's not okay, but it's okay with you with K-Paw. <laughs> it's okay that we do this. It's okay that you eat this candy, have this peanut butter, drink this Coke, have this honey. 
and something that might be very detrimental uh, to their health that they're not supposed to have till a certain age. So don't overstep those bounds. When the parents don't want them to have these things, it's not our place to let them have it. That strains the relationship, and it strains uh, our communication together as well. So let's think about the reading that we had read just a little bit earlier. As Grayson read this to us, um, think about some of the things that he says here. He says, Hearken unto the statutes and judgments, and do them that you're going to possess this land, that you may live. It's a matter of life and a matter of death. That you may live, that you may be, that you, as you enter into this promised land, that you may live and that you may possess the land, my will for you. Remember these things. The people were told to take heed and make sure that they listen, that they obey, that they do the laws and judgments, and that there's penalties when they don't do those things. James uses that same type of example. Don't just be hearers of the Word, be doers. Doers too. Hear and do the Word of God. He says not to take away or add from my commandments, but do exactly what I tell you to do, that you may live, that you may be a great nation, that you may have wisdom and understanding. So Moses says, commanded to teach the people the laws and the obedience to them, and we are too are to command and to teach our kids and grandkids in that way. So one of the roles of the grandparent, probably the primary role as a grandparent, is to be a teacher, a role model, and a mentor. As he makes that transition into uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, he says, take, take heed to yourself, keep your soul diligently, lest you forget. Teach these things to your sons and your sons' sons, that they might be able to teach their children. You know, as Moses was commanded by God, as they entered into the promised land, that they remember and heed and hearken to these things. He said, you're going into a place that's evil and wicked and full of false gods and full of idols. And he said, you better pay close attention. It's a matter of life and death. Teach it to your kids. Teach it to your grandkids. And teach them so well that they might be able to teach their kids in verse number 10. Give it to them so they might know it. It's a scary world, and we need each other's help. And it's getting scarier by the year. That falls back to that concept we talked to earlier, a village, helping each other, raising our kids and being an influence upon them. You know, grandparents have this clear mandate that's given in this Scripture of three generations, teaching our children, teaching their children, teaching our, my, my kids, teaching their kids, so that the next generation might teach their kids. If I'm lucky enough to still be alive during, for great-grandchildren, I can be a part of that too. But this three-generation possibility, our teaching responsibilities don't end with just our own kids, but this goes on to our grandkids as well. Picture this for a minute. Laney has a minimum of six adults that is responsible for teaching her the statutes, judgments, commandments of God in helping her along her Christian spiritual walk teaching our children, teaching our grandchildren. She's got Jensie and Brenton, her mom and dad, primary ones, teaching her the will of God. She's got me and Cheryl teaching her. She's got Joe and Christy, that's Brenton's parents. Not to mention Lane and, and Sean Zebach, that's akin to her, and David Zebach, and tons of other people they go to church with that all can be an influence and example on her and getting her to where she needs to be, a village teaching her and training her. Another commandment that's given to old gray-headed men 
in Psalm chapter 71, verses 17 and 18, declare the wondrous works that God has done in your life, to not, not to just this generation, but those that are to come as well. Teach it to all so they might carry on. You know, especially those that I have a, a influence with, like my grandkid, will take the time and teach it to them. We have no opportunity like that. Use every occasion to teach who the Lord is, what His plan is. A couple chapters later, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, he talks about that. Write it on your doorpost. Teach your kids when you lay down at night, when you rise up in the morning. All the time, you're constantly teaching them and training them. Talk about Jesus and make Him real to them. You know, one of the blessings that, that older people have that I've seen in my life, and I know that other people have that blessing too, about being great storytellers. You know, my grandfather, I remember him. His name was Roy. And he was, uh, he, he was just hilarious to listen to, to tell a story. And the way he laughed and the way he snickered, and he, he laughed himself as he told the story. You might remember Paul Harvey. I, I remember driving to work and listening to Paul Harvey all the time. Some of you are too young to know him, and that's unfortunate because he was a great storyteller. He was on the radio every day, and he would tell a portion of a story of maybe what you had heard before, but then he'll tell you the rest of the story. There's more behind the scenes, more that you don't know that he's going to bring out. And it was a great story. And it was things that you remembered that made an impression and made you, uh, even me as a young man, wanting to listen to a news type uh, uh, information like that. I remember that. I read in a place also that Jews, uh, the rabbis, at age 50, well, by this time they're filled full of knowledge and wisdom. And most of the time they're put into colleges that they might pour that knowledge and wisdom onto other people. We're older now. We, have, we, we are more mature. We should be able to uh, have this opportunity to pour that knowledge into our kids and into our grandkids. In Job chapter 12, verses 12 through 13, it says, With the ancient is wisdom, and in length of, of days understanding. And with him is wisdom and strength, and he hath counsel and understanding. You have some spiritual wisdom to impart and to give. You have a lifetime of experiences to share and, and uh, to teach your grandkids. We also have this responsibility and role as grandparents of having an influence, example, and foundation in their life. Now, I've told you this before. Many of you know that I felt very uh, scared, <laughs> inexperienced, not really knowing what to do as, and maybe overwhelmed at times of exactly how to teach my kids and raise them up in the Lord and knowing how to do that. Well, as grandparents, we've been through that. We've raised some kids. We know a few things because we've seen a few things, like the farmer's commercial. <laughs> we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. But we've dealt with it and been through it. And that's important. Jensie talks to Cheryl almost every day on the phone, and many of the times it's for uh, advice regarding Laney and something that's going on, maybe some question or maybe some advice regarding something. Jensie is a great mother. She really is. But as a new mother, like most of them are, they're a little bit um, nervous, a little bit unsure exactly what to do in certain situations, and she needs reassurance. Cheryl is a great mother, and she's a great Lala. And she, she's got it figured out. And Lainey is very comfortable with her. She's very comfortable. And it's not easy to pry them apart <laughs> when they're together. 
I wanted to come to K-Paul, but it's sometimes it's hard to get her away from Lala. Uh, it's hard to pry them apart. And Lainey knows when Jensi is concerned, when she is worried about something. And she also knows when Cheryl's calm and cool, relaxed. She's not worried. She knows what to do. And Lainey migrates to her. And sometimes Jensi gets upset a little bit because of that, because she migrates to Cheryl in that. But she just knows that the concern is there. Cheryl has great wisdom and advice to pass on that is extremely helpful. And I'm so happy that her and Jensi have this close relationship that she can help her with that and they can bless one another. Like many new mothers, Jensi sometimes will read these books that's going to help you raise your kids and tell you what's normal that's written by the experts. And uh, regarding raising kids and what is considered to be the normal and it's easy to get concerned about these statistics that you may read in, in this book. And all of a sudden, your kid doesn't weigh 15 pounds and 3.76 ounces at 20 weeks and 2 days and 14 hours old. And you get worried about that because you're not in the norm of what this expert says. Well, first of all, this expert wasn't around for the last 400 centuries that people have been raising kids and it doesn't really matter what he thinks. <laughs> and, you know, I've been raising kids for a long time and things have turned out good without him. I'm not saying that there's not good things to, to find out and, and help you with in these books, but don't get too concerned with that. And sometimes in that concern, um, well, you, you got to be careful about what you read and what you over worry about. And Cheryl has provided a good influence and example and foundation and comfort in sometimes in those situations and in those instances. Studies have shown over and over again, they've done hundreds of studies, that the parents are the primary influence on a child. Mom and dad are the big primary influence. But number three are grandparents. Number three are grandparents. Grandparents should be at an age and time in their life where we've already talked about, we've been through a few things, we know a few things, we've seen a few things. We should be more godly than we've ever been. We should be more spiritually mature. We've spent years, we've spent time in study of God's Word. So now we can be a good example, a good influence, and teach and train others, pour our knowledge, like we talked about, into, these, uh, into our grandchildren than we've ever been before. And we play a very important and vital role in a child's spiritual walk and in their development, in the foundation of their faith. We are to be a godly figure, a Jesus to them, a picture of Jesus to them. So they can see. You're a key faith influencer that passes down the faith and family traditions and family history. Just like Lois, we read of here in 2 Timothy chapter 1. This unfaithed and unfeigned or sincere, genuine, not pretend faith that she had, which dwelt first in, in Timothy's grandmother, Lois, she passed it on to her child, Eunice, and they passed it on to Timothy. She was a good foundation, a good faith influencer that passed it on down. And Paul tells him, look, you continue in these things that they taught you because it's going to bring you salvation. They laid this great foundation for him, a great example that she had in their life. I was speaking to Randy last week, and he was talking about his granddad, and he said he was very, very nervous type. He couldn't get up and give a, deliver a sermon. He couldn't say a public prayer, but he said he was such a good example. He said he was such a model in, in our lives 
And when he didn't speak often, he was a pretty quiet guy, but when he did, it was very important. He wanted to listen to what he had to say. And he was such a great role model. More than any sermon, more than any prayer, any book, any movie, I could look at him as an example, and he taught me of how I should be, he says. Also, we want to be a love and support in our children's life and our grandchildren's life and spend time with them. I want Lainey to know how much I love her and how much I cherish her. When we love someone, we try to spend time with them, don't we? We do things for them. We tell them that we love them. We affirm our love for them. Cheryl and I wish that they lived closer to us where we could see them more often and uh, spend more time with them. But Cheryl tries to make it a point to try to make it to Oklahoma City every couple weeks. I try to make it every month if I can, to at least see her once a month. And that's important to us. We want to be there to help Jensie and Brenton when they need it, when they need help. I think back to the times that I was left with my grandparents, and it was usually when mom and dad were super busy, <laughs> when they were covered up and had all kinds of stuff going on, and they needed some time to catch up or some time to go to Lubbock and shop or whatever it was to pick some things up, and that's usually when I was, when I was left with them. Well, grandparents are kind of a stability. They're a foundation in this uh, situation when times get chaotic because mom and dad are busy. They're really having a hard time making the time work. Well, grandparents have more time. We've got some time. We're at that point in our life where we can spend time with them, and certainly that's what they need and what they're looking for. I have great memories of my grandparents and the time spent at their house. Most of the time that I remember was obviously me out on my own doing what I wanted to do. <laughs> uh, when I went to grand granddaddy and granny's house, well, I was able to get into a Jeep and drive down the dirt road. They didn't care. I spent all day long outside shooting a BB gun at birds, and uh, that's most of the time I spent. But I, I remember spending time with them and how that my grandmother, she was in poor health, uh, couldn't do a whole lot with us physically, but I remember her laying a sheet down on the floor and popping some popcorn, and we watching Hee Haw and the Lawrence Welk Show. Uh, that's what we did on Saturday nights when we spent the night with Granny. And uh, I have great memories of that, spending time with them. I remember my parents, uh, and one time I went into the Jensie's bedroom, and all I saw was some legs hanging out from underneath her bed. That was mom and dad's legs, and they were, <laughs> Jensie was under her bed, and they're all playing underneath there. They're the ultimate playmate and friends. They're willing to do anything for her. Uh, and that's a great role to have as a grandparent, an encourager. Being a positive in this constant world of negative that's around us. And connecting and adapting with our grandchildren. And I recognize that's going to be more difficult as we get older. Because the further our age is apart from our grandkid and, and the more, um, you know, in the world that they are, uh, it's, there's going to be a, a, a disconnect in a way. And I recognize that. I've got a friend that's uh, that got grandparents that uh, his kids are in their teenage years, his grandkids are in their teenage years, and he states, boy, he's very hardcore on don't bring your phone over here. If you bring your phone, leave it in your car, or just don't come. And he wonders why his kids don't come. <laughs> well, his grandkids don't want to go see him. So there's a disconnect there. So sometimes we have to make some adaptations, and I know that will change for us as she gets older, and I'll have to preach about it again then when I know more about it. <laughs> 
So sometimes we got to learn what their interests are and ask questions and be involved in their life. You don't always have to be the advice giver. That's going to be hard for me. <laughs> you don't always have to be the advice giver. You got to be the listener too. Some have asked me, and I've just got this kind of thrown up here real quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Are you going to spank Laney? Are you going to spank? I'm kind of known in our family. I don't know why. For some reason, is the disciplinarian of the family. It's just not right. But uh, that's, anyway, that's what I'm, I'm known as. So anyway, right, am I going to spank Laney? Well, it's not my primary role, and it's not something that I want to do. <laughs> but if she needs it, yeah, I'm going to spank her. If her parents are there, I'm going to expect them to spank her. If I'm the one in charge, I'm the one around, yeah, I'm going to spank her. Because why? Because I love her, and I want her to behave, and I want her to know God's will. And I want her to, to follow after His will and know that I love her. Finally, I want to leave a legacy. We talked a little bit earlier about leaving a mark and leaving an inheritance. And I know in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse number 22, it's talking about monetarily in, in many ways. But a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. I want to leave a mark. A legacy is a mark left upon the world or upon the, the family or a person, or an individual, etc. Not just money or thing, but things that last. You know, it's not like we're going to be able to leave her millions of dollars, any a monetary amount that's going to make a huge difference in our life. <clears throat> but I want to leave her a good name and a good influence and respect. I want her to remember us as, as people that loved the church and worked hard in the church and loved other people, had close relationships, had thousands of people in our home. And remember us like that. I want to tell her what the Lord has done for us as a family, for Cheryl and I, and Jency, and Brenton, and Lane. I want to share that faith and hope, and why our faith and hope is in Jesus Christ. Tell them what the Lord has done for us. I want to create those memories and those markers to shape her life. Okay. Shape her life. Let's get over here a minute. <laughs> I should shape her life. <laughs> I want to create a long legacy for her into the future. You know, I'm building a playhouse for her right now, and I want her to remember K. Paul loved me so much, he built my first house. <laughs> I spent a lot of time and a lot of effort on that. You know, we talk about monetarily. My parents uh, and grandparents both left us uh, money to help with our kids' college, and it helped us out a lot. What a great blessing that was. We want to do the same for our kids in helping that way. You talk about verbal blessing. You think about uh, Joseph and his, his father that blessed his kids as he met them, gave that blessing. I want Laney to hear me pray for her and give those verbal blessings and wishes for her. I want her to remember that I care about her future. I care about her behavior. And I want her to love the Lord with all her heart and soul and mind and strength. I want her to fear God and keep His commandments. And I know I've rambled on a long time. So, In conclusion, I want my family to be with me in heaven. There's simply no greater focus in grandparenting years than for me doing all I can so that my family will inherit heaven or be in heaven with me. 
Children aren't a distraction, and grandchildren aren't a distraction from that most important work. They are the most important work. I want to, so what can I do to help aid in that? Well, I can immerse them in religious experiences and teach them to know God's Word and His judgments and all the things that we've talked about tonight. To be a follower of Jesus, to be a Christian. As grandparents, we are ideally positioned for great influence and spiritual impact. And I know a lot of times as we get to this age, we kind of think, you know, there's not a whole lot I can do. I'm kind of worn out. I'm, I'm getting older. There's not a whole lot I can do as a grandparent or at this time of my life. But take heart because God is not finished with us. He's got a vital work for you. Don't forget that you play a vital portion in God's plan of reaching emerging generations, those generations to come with the gospel. So we need to become more purposeful in our teaching and training of our grandkids and working together with our kids. And I hope it's something we said tonight it has blessed you and benefited you in some way. Uh, grandparenting is an awesome feat, and uh, I want to excel at it, and I know you do too as you, if you're a grandparent. If there's anything that your church can do for you tonight, if we can uh, bless you in some way, if we can pray for you, if you want to be baptized, study the Bible, any need that you have, please come forward and make that known as we stand and sing together.